Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Hey guys, I hope everyone is doing well. I know it's been a really challenging time and uh, I haven't been putting out episodes. Um, sure, just like everyone, there's a little bit of just trying to muddle through and figure out our new normals and timelines, but um, I hope that you're still with me and um, thinking about career shifts and transitions. And although this is, of course, a time when a lot of things seem uncertain and rugs have been pulled out from under us, um, I do think that it's also a time of opportunity. Um, So on this episode, I'm talking with Annie Little, who I've had on the podcast before. She's a career coach and a former lawyer herself. Um, And we get into some of these issues specific to the times that we're living with right now. Um, So I hope you enjoy. Annie, welcome back. (laughs) So happy to be back, Megan. I am so happy to have you. Um, You know, I know I've been gone for a minute, uh, but when I thought about, you know, how do I jump back into speaking with people and sort of put this all in the context of the the new world we're living in, I was like, I got to talk to Annie again. (laughs) I am here for it. When I when I got your email, I was like, yes, this feels this feels like this will be the right thing for a lot of people, myself included, because I love I love all the things that I've learned and seen and continue to observe in this new landscape with legal professionals in particular. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what are you seeing in the way that the pandemic is affecting lawyers? I'm not, you know, I'm not in a firm anymore, so I don't necessarily know the day to day. Um, It doesn't, my impression is that people are not getting laid off, you know, in huge droves, but what, what is your experience? Yeah, I mean, it's a classic when people, because people ask me this a lot right now, and I have to give them the classic lawyer response. It depends. Yeah, yeah right. Of course. <laughs> it's actually kind of nice this time because the, you know, the most um, recent reference point we have for this is like 2008, 2009. Yeah, right? and I was a junior associate at that point, so I was acutely aware of how much it felt like everyone was getting laid off at that time. Exactly. And so, yeah, I was like a second year real estate and finance associate and yeah. ground to a halt. I didn't get laid off. Like we were able to pivot. I hate that word, but we were able to yeah. pivot. And, um, but yeah, it was very cute. And my husband was in big law still is. So there's that there too. But um, yeah. so it depends. And what I think what has happened, part of what has happened is that we can talk about big law first yeah. and the layoffs aren't happening the way they did the first time. Um, but pay cuts are Ah. becoming a big thing. Uh, and especially in the last couple weeks, because what it looks like that happened is a lot of law firms learned, believe it or not, from the great profession. Um, and they realized that they, they don't want to go through that again. They don't want to lay people off and get them. They have to go through the rehiring, like in a much bigger way than they're used to. Because of course they're used to turn and burn. Um, but Unfortunately, they they've been laying off or furloughing staff first. Mm. Uh, furloughing tends to be the norm, and so allowing people to uh, retain benefits, which I think right. is love. That's great. Yeah, it sucks, but at a minimum, they're being uh, sensitive to that. Yeah. And so, um, where I so it tends to be like pay cuts. Like yesterday, I was speaking with a client in big law, and she just received noticed that they were doing a 17% pay cut. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And that was, and they made it clear that the partners, this would be their second round of cuts. So the partners took a cut, mm-hmm. then they um, furloughed staff, and then partners took another cut and associates took an across the board cut. Yeah. 
So I've heard that from a friend of mine too. And I guess that is just sort of the approach most places are taking now, which is, which is, I mean, it is the nature of this particular um, challenge that uh, unlike the great recession, which, you know, who knew when it was going to end? Also, who knows when this is going to end? But there is this idea that, that, you know, within some number of months, you know, we'll be back to, you know, at least having some control over over the virus itself, if not the economy. But, um, you know, this idea that you don't want to make permanent big changes because, you know, hopefully we can get back to some version of normal relatively soon. Right. And and maybe yeah. even it seems almost the opposite, but it's it's in line with what you're saying, too, that, you know, maybe let's just adapt to this as our new normal. Yeah. For now. You know, like how long can we sustain this remote working? And, you know, I, I like to yeah. think that they're thinking about, well, how have our operating costs gone down by not having, you know, yeah. yes, you have to pay your rent, but your operating costs are a lot lower. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to talk about this later, but we can kind of jump into it now is just this idea of how this changes the landscape of how we work in general. Um, and I was mentioning to you before we started recording that that my husband's company has just permanently decided to get rid of their Tribeca office because it's working fine to have everyone work remotely. And that's, uh, you know, a large expense they can now avoid. Um, now, I think I think the legal profession tends to be slower moving in some yeah. of these progressions. <laughs> so what are your thoughts about sort of whether the fact that, you know, people are working from home and the trains are still arriving more or less on time, do you think that's going to shift how people work moving forward in the legal community? Well, you know, I'm hopeful. I really yeah. am. And, you know, especially at the beginning of the like when the pandemic safety measures were being put in place with the stay at home orders and all of that. Um, I, you know, we all know I'm like a LinkedIn junkie. Yeah. So I got on there a lot and activity and engagement really spiked since this happened. Cause that's really one of the easiest ways to interact with your, your colleagues yeah. and peers now. And um, so at first we were all kind of noticing you know, noticing how much more forgiving people are when, you know, our kid shows up in the middle of a Zoom call. Right. <laughs> uh, and that's more for, honestly, that's more for the people who used to be lawyers or work in like legal adjacent stuff because yeah, still law firms are, they have no reason, they see no reason in going to Zoom. They're like, we do calm calls. We always, we always have like call into the bridge line. We're good. Right. Right. Uh, you know, so in that sense, like, it feels a lot like business as usual, but you know, if you hear like the kids screaming in the background, you don't have to be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Or feel embarrassed. Right. It can just be like, and, and that was one of my favorite things. I'm like, we no longer have to apologize for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I even have people on the other side, like when I'm not coaching, but doing other types of um, work, people will hear my kids freaking out and they'll be like, they're like, don't worry about it. I hear it and it's okay. Let's just keep yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. There is something that like, that on that level we really all are in it together um which makes it somewhat easier it's like you know i've been in for me it's i'm in communication with with foreign law schools about are, are our students going to go there are their students going to come here you know mm -hmm. where are the transcripts from last semester and it's just the answer uh everything's a mess and it might take a while to figure this out is totally understandable to everybody <laughs> it really is. It's a yeah. lot and there's a lot of compassion for other people. I'm finding yeah. to have that for ourselves, but, um, but yeah, so there's that aspect of it. And, and I think we were, it felt like we were all very optimistic in the legal arena about, Hey, you know, I like, you know, this, this bodes well for the future of remote work being uh, more normal and not yeah. challenge, you know, cause I've actually done a lot of coaching with my clients about how to position themselves to, ask to work remotely yeah yeah it's ridiculous because some of the things that you know they've wanted to try and that we've experimented with are like okay like you if you do work on the weekends when when you're at home and you can demonstrate how productive you are mm -hmm. which is 
saints, like you have to go above and beyond just to show that you're capable of working on your own. Yeah. Um, then it's like, oh, look at all this evidence of how great I work at home, even when I don't even really need to be. To be like, hey, yeah. I work from home one day a week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to now it's, it should be like, I'm going to work from home two days a week. <laughs> right. I think, I think it is sort of, it's hard to look at what's happening and have an employer go, I can't trust my employees or partners to, to sort of step up and work the same way from home that they would in the office. And there's, you know, I think in big law, particularly, there's this kind of FaceTime aspect to it and a perception aspect to it. And I just, I hope that this provides the sort of community with evidence that people are quite capable of working efficiently, not just because of the, the technological capabilities, but also just people don't go home and just, you know, kill time, right? People can be trusted to work, you know, the same way they would work if they were sitting in the office. Right. You know, we work for, we have our reasons for working. And yeah. they're not really going to change. Like, we want the paycheck. Right. We want that feeling of accomplishment. We want to help people. That doesn't change. I mean, I can imagine there might have been, you know, for people without feral children running around. <laughs> yeah. The first few days, you know, like we all did kind of in shock a little bit, maybe just digesting some Netflix, right. which is fine. Yeah, of course. It's fine. You say a couple of days, I'm like, oh, you mean weeks? Yeah, yeah. weeks. <laughs> I would, ugh, I can't. I'm, 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 I'm yearning for my pre-child self. Um, yeah. Only because I can see how it would be different. It's fine. I love my kids. They're the greatest gift ever for real. But, um, yeah, I will say not having kids right now seems like a pretty solid life decision. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I, I've been saying to so many people, they're like, yeah, like quarantine's been kind of good. I'm like, enjoy it. Please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Um, but another but this is the thing: if people are being productive even at home with kids running around, imagine once we are back to a world where you know childcare can go back to normal for everyone, then you really could be productive. Well, and that's and so here's like the devil's advocate side that yeah. has started to come out because after a few weeks, you know, um, people were kind of saying, well, um, managing partners and stuff, they're not going to be as keen on going back to it because. The, for those of us that do have kids and aren't able, you know, plus there's just some practice areas have dropped off. It's mm-hmm. it's not a function of someone's productivity at home. If there's not work to do, there's not work to do. Right. Um, but but they're like they they could use the like the impact of you know, especially the, the younger your kids are, the more disrupted your work arrangements are. And mm-hmm. so those people are they're not work able to work. Those people, myself included, we're not able yeah. to work at during the normal time frames that we would. There's like mm-hmm. juggling, right? You know, and my husband, like, he usually wouldn't come home until like seven o'clock. Well, yeah. now he needs to be, he needs to take from six to eight off. And yeah. like, that's something we've had to work out. It's just the way it needs to be right now for, because I, my anxiety disorder has flared up. Oh, yeah. And so I just need a lot more help than I'm. I'm used to and that I it's been really hard because it's it's kind of taken me back like over a decade to how I used to feel so um having that in place it's like he does it he like family is very important to him we get to have these family dinners together that we rarely got to have but he's that means he's working late he's in one of the practices that has exploded um in this pandemic and he is like yeah I mean I get it but I I really wish I could work you know, I'd rather work until eight instead of working from nine to 12. Like, right. I know. I, and I kind of look at him like, yeah, welcome to my mom life. Right, year. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. And I get that. But I'm like, yeah. yes, it is hard. And thank you. Thank you. There's just so much to balance right now for everyone. I mean, I just, you know, that's another thing is just to be like, listen, this is hard. This is hard for everyone, no matter what your sort of home situation is, what your work situation is. It's This is a really hard time to kind of get your footing. It really is. And for anyone who's listening who, you know, doesn't have kids or has older kids or, you know, you don't think that you have these specific uh, 
things or triggers that should be that could be making you feel out of sorts and making you feel really out of balance that experience is still legitimate you don't if you don't have kids and you don't have these work stressors and you still feel like this is like a nightmare yeah it's okay you are allowed you are allowed that that is normal like that's something I've had to remind myself of because I yeah me too (laughs) you know with my anxiety disorder when I I was, I've started getting treatment like over a decade ago and so my panic symptoms went away. And then there was one time where I had like this, it was kind of like a panic attack. It wasn't full blown, but I went to my yeah. psychiatrist like, oh my, like, what is happening? Like this, the medication isn't working. Like what's going yeah. on? And they were like, well, actually this is, anxiety is a reasonable response to what. Oh, I thought I, yes, that's normal. Yeah. Like, oh, Oh, okay. So like, you know, cause I'm on max dose of my medication, yeah. I, but I, and I, I haven't had panic attacks in a really long time. So I've actually been needing to take panic pills. I had literally dug out stuff that expired 10 years ago. And it's just like whatever your, your sort of natural, you know, state is this situation is going to bump you up a little. That's just a fact, you know? Really, and it's yeah. normal to like, just to everyone, like no matter how, yeah. you know, balanced and together everything seemed before all this, all yeah. of the institutions and the structures and everything else that supported our, our daily routines and lives are yeah. gone. Yeah. And our, our brains are not happy about it. I know. And sort of another thing, which I think is probably, you know, relevant to a lot of the listeners and a lot of your, your clients is, here are people who might be at various stages of thinking about making a career transition. And this is sort of just like throwing everything up in the air and, and okay, well, you might be worried about losing your job, but you didn't want that job. (laughs) And how does that fit into your thinking? Um, I mean, this resonates with me a lot. Um, uh, But, you know, how are, the people that you sort of were working with pre-COVID reacting, I'm sure there is a range, but sort of what are you seeing and how people are thinking through, you know, what they're doing now that, that the underlying, you know, world has changed around them? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much everything, right? Like that is the yeah. huge question for everybody right now. Um, so first, just clearly the people who have small children at home now they're like I really this is really important to me but I I, I literally can't do it all right now it's like yep yeah. I get it yeah you know and, and at this point like just to people out there I would be very wary if you're looking for a coach and they start pushing you on when you when you're telling them like I don't have the bandwidth for this right now or I don't my financial situation might be you know not stable in the future and I want to be careful of that or yeah I have, I don't have time if they start co- trying to coach you into through that as like, well, that's an excuse. You need to pre- don't work yeah. with them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. These are, these are special times. And if someone tells me that they cannot make it work, b- I believe them. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay. Like we are not making up excuses for ourselves right now. This is the real deal. Yeah. I think it's hard for all of us, like type A people who are very used to like setting goals and then meeting them to then sort of say, I'm not sure what goals to set and I'm not sure I can meet them, but then to accept that that's not us being lazy. That's just a legitimate truth right now. <laughs> and the key to it, and if this is something that I have struggled with like my whole life, and I think it's something, well, I tend to see that this is something that we lawyers all struggle with because of what you just said, yeah. you know, um, is, is self-compassion. Like we're able to be very compassionate with others. You know, you can see people you know, with their kids, like climbing on their necks during a call. And you're like, it's okay. Your kid's so cute. And, and, but for them, they're like, yeah, but this isn't acceptable for me. Yeah. It's hard to turn that passion around on ourselves and give ourselves the same credit and the same leeway that we so freely give to others. And so something that's been, that a lot of people have been talking about in this vein is like, it's more important now than ever to flip the mirror and be able to say like, just and for me I have a hard time doing that in my brain so what I'll do is I'll write down like these these spiraling thoughts about how I'm the exception and I need to be performing at this 
exceptional level, even though I don't expect anyone else to. I and know. I'll, <laughs> and I'll write it down and then look at it. And I'm like, let's pretend this is a text from my friend. Yeah. And if you can do that in your mind, you don't have to write it down. But for me, my No, but I like, do think there's I, something about writing it down because you might, it probably highlights sort of. It does. It yeah. does. And if you just look at it, you're like, this is, this is coming from my phone. This is coming from my bestie. Well, how do how would I reply to this? And it, yeah. a, my immediate reaction is like, "Oh, honey, come on! No, you're having a rough, you're having a rough day, and that's yeah. okay. And you're yeah. allowed to feel that way, and it's okay to feel like you want to do more, but that you don't have to, and no one expects you to. Yeah. And you know, what can I do to help you feel, you know, supported? Right. And it's like, oh, okay, Annie, how can I make myself feel supported? Good question yeah yeah and like giving yourself credit for like survival is a is a good goal right now (laughs) you know it really is yeah so you have that side you know the people that are like i just legit can't yeah like i hear you i hear you i commiserate you just want to vent hit my inbox i'm cool with that um and then i have the people that um were in like the, the spot where they're like, I want to leave my job. I don't like my job. I'm so micromanaged. I barely have the time. Yeah. To yeah. Do coaching. And then now that they're home, they're like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can do this now. And, or, um, they've gotten laid off and they're like, well, I was already primed for this. I have a severance. Um, obviously I need a job anyway. So let's do right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because I think, um, and I think this is is individual because I think that it, it is both true that some people just need to, they just need to get through the day. Things are hard, complications in life, and then there, I do think that there are opportunities when the world gets turned upside down, and it sounds like some of the people that you work with are are seeing those opportunities how sort of what what do you see as the opportunities for someone who feels like they are in a place to kind of move the ball forward yeah and so that is the new like class if you will of of clients that are coming through for me right now yeah and the people that are like early mid-year associates who you know you start to hit that like four or five year and you realize well when I, by the time i get to year seven what's my deal yeah um, and you've identified well this is what year seven eight you know traditionally looks like i don't know if that's for me or maybe it is but i want to be i want to be intentional about whatever that looks like so people who are in that range and either do not plan on having kids or have not yet had their kids mm-hmm. they they're like um they're like, you know, I've, I've got a lot, you know, I'm busy. Work is fine. Yeah. Um, and they're like, but I do have a lot of extra time that I didn't have before. And I'm not, you know, these thoughts are much more prevalent. I'm not able mm-hmm. to ignore them. And I'm actually able to confront them. Um, yeah. Like that was somebody who actually I spoke with yesterday who had listened to your podcast and she yeah. had heard our previous episode. And that was she was like, yeah, she's like the, those thoughts are, are just more obvious now. And I actually have the time and space to think about it. Um, I mean, which is, you know, and having talked to a lot of people about this, I think that time and space is one of the biggest hurdles to just people are like, if I had the time to think about what it is that I would do, then, you know, I feel like I could execute it, but I'm, I'm just so underwater. Um, so I really do think, I mean, again, depending on your situation, it can be a real opportunity to, to, to have a little breathing room to let yourself think about it. It really can. And, um, and one thing that, uh, like this sort of incoming class of clients is is saying is listen i understand that i it, this isn't necessarily the time that i'm going to change jobs but they and this, yeah. this is what makes them like my ideal clients and the type of people who are ready for coaching not everyone's ready for coaching yeah. on all issues right at any given time but one of the key indicators for me that they're ready is that they understand that if we work together for a few months the end result likely is not them being in a new job yeah 
the goal of coaching is to figure out what you want because you're feeling stuck and you haven't been able to move forward on your own and you understand there's a process behind it. And that same process that's going to lead you to your next job is the same process that you're going to have throughout your career for as you keep going. You're going to get your next steps. You're going to continue to grow your, your network, your connections, your referrals, and just your relationships. Yeah. And um, so they, they, they get that. They're like, of course, right now is probably not the best time to change course or yeah. just go to a different firm doing the exact same thing. But they're like, I'm not going to be able to do that anyway, even if pandemic or not. I need, I need time. I need to explore. And I, I understand that the process isn't, isn't going to be short, but I want to, yeah. to create that process for myself now and start implementing as I'm able to. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like a huge, um, a huge opportunity for people who are kind of at that maybe somewhat early, early ish stage of, um, thinking through this. Mm -hmm. I wonder, do you, have you had anyone who was at a very late stage who was like, I've been working on this and I'm about to pull the trigger. And then has just looked at it and decided, Oh, this is not, the world I thought I was going to pull this trigger and take this risk in. Now I have to rethink what my plan is. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, I don't think I have anyone like who in real time was up against that. Right. Um, I have people who are up for promotions, mm-hmm. like in a matter of weeks. And that may or may not be happening. Right which is really frustrating because they've been working, they've been gunning for like two years. Right, right. And like, So what does that mean if you're delaying this decision? Do I have to keep gunning? Do yeah. I get credit for what I've done already? Like, what, yeah. is this, what does this mean? So there's that element. And then there are, I was actually just before we hopped on emailing, I've been just checking in on, on past clients yeah. and trying to find the best way to do it so they don't think I'm like saying, hey, do you need coaching? It's more like, I'm like genuinely like, how are you guys doing? Like, I, like, yeah. coaching or not, like we're like I consider my clients to be more than just clients by the time we're done like I yeah a deeper connections than, than just that and so I um this client in particular he um he had emailed me a few months ago and said hey like I've kind of implemented the first part of the plan I'm doing my new my new thing on the side but but I've also like quit my regular law job and I'm more of like I'm now in a counsel role to them like literally outside of council. Yeah. So that, and then I'm freelance writing on the side. And, you know, he's like, when I, when I fully pull the trigger, I'll let you know. Yeah. And he was like, check in with me in a month in case I forget. <laughs> but there is like, that good reminder that there are, that it can be a spectrum of things rather than sort of yeah. a line in the sand. Yeah. And so I want to find out like, is that still like, what's your plan now? Has that changed? Cause you know, in some cases, if you can get away, if, if he had built up his freelance stuff enough where it made more sense to go full, fully into that, given this right. environment, that'd be interesting to know. Or is he, you know, what's going on with the legal side of it? Um, right. Just, I just, just well, particularly with lawyers who are already kind of risk averse. And it's like, you feel like you're taking this big risk to get out of the law. And then all of a sudden, are people seeing this world and saying, see, this is why you have to be super conservative and careful because the rug can get pulled out from under you. I mean, I hope not because I think ultimately, even as bad as this is, it too will pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hope that people don't get scared off of these hopes and dreams because of this situation. Oh, I love that thought because honestly, yeah. right now, hopes and dreams are keeping us going. Yeah. You know, it's hard to, to think that they might be a little further off than they yeah. than they before, but don't give up on those. Like just, you know, that's what that's what's gonna keep us going. To yeah. think about the opportunities. And I think there are just going to be uh new and different opportunities, not necessarily more, but just new and different ones than we could ever have imagined, um, because of how dramatically and quickly things have changed. Yeah. Um, and like back to the um like the working from home thing, you know, there might be some people out there who you know, people have different 
things that are causing them to be unhappy in their in their work environment. And maybe for some people, if they could just have a little more autonomy and flexibility and work from home, maybe that would solve their problems. But for me, that wouldn't have been enough. I still didn't want to practice law, but I think there, there must be a category of people for whom that that might be enough. And there's an opportunity potentially there. And I think, you know, you know, it's another opportunity to maybe think about how to create a situation where you're happier and it might even be easier to do now. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, um, like a good insight because for me, yeah, I was done practicing law, but I probably could have stuck it out another year or so if I did it a hundred percent from home. Yeah. That was a and even as like a transitional time potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, yeah. it would have made it a lot easier to yeah. Just do everything I wanted to do and not feel sneaky about it. And then yeah. Yeah. So the difficult personalities, just having distance from them. Cause I've worked with people on, in different offices. Like my boutique firm was spread out um, over a few counties. Yeah. In the area, I would sometimes go into other offices because they were all close to where I live. But man, having distance from some of those partners in other offices, <laughs> right? <laughs> I would not have lasted as long as I did if it yeah. hadn't been my ability to do that so yeah. I think that that's like a really good point and I, I think that I mean especially like that client I was mentioning earlier who had the micromanaging boss and we could barely our biggest challenge was fitting in just a half hour coaching call it was between my availability and hers because she's like I can't do it during yeah. these hours because he'll know I'm not there and it's like oh that's so yeah great. I mean I can't I am so done with like I just that's part of the world I just couldn't deal with it's like look you either think I'm smart and a hard worker and I'll get things done or or you feel like you have to stand over me and that's the only way I'm going to do work it's just ridiculous (laughs) and I just you know at this point I'm like I'm too old for that (laughs) what are double hours if not like an element of micromanaging why do you have to be literally over my shoulder too right exactly and I, I think that that sort of environment is very draining and so if you could remove that at least partially it would make a difference for people but (laughs) but I also wonder if like you know I think I think we may have talked about this is that you sort of live in this little bubble world where that's what's normal like being super super busy and kind of having everyone know it is part of the culture of how we work. And I wonder if, I mean, everything in life has just had to slow down a bit now, whether you wanted it to or not, even if you're sort of still busy with work. Um, I just wonder if uniformly people are, their perspective is shifting on, oh, that was us just kind of putting on a show for each other that's just not necessary. (laughs) Yeah, I. That is one thing that hasn't been as apparent to me. Yeah, um, I just it might be a function of that culture where people, if if they are feeling that way and they are having that realization, they're certainly not vocalizing it to people. In right. Charge. I don't want them to know. And in fact, um, I've been hearing stories where, see these like old school partners, right? They'll say yeah. things like, "Well, you know." If you're if you're too busy, I can take part of your workload and give it to this associate, this other associate, and they'll yeah. say, oh, "No, it's not necessary because this isn't pressing. I'll get to it next week." And the partner said in this particular case, "Well, as far as I'm concerned, so and so has 48 hours this weekend in which he can do some work, so we're going to send it to him." Oh boy, I'm reviewing it as now a 24-hour block of availability because there is no commute involved. Apparently, they don't think sleep is required. And Oh, that is that is not going to be good for law firms if that's the approach that they, they take to this. Because you're right, that could be the, the flip side is feeling like now you feel like you're on the clock, you know, 24 hours a day rather than whatever the 18 <laughs> was that you might have been before. <laughs> Put in those natural breaks. Yeah. Like with my husband, I'm like, I need you between six and eight. Right. Right. You know, that's, normally you would work between six and eight, but being in the house with the kids and like, let's have dinner. Even if it's not like a super awesome dinner, sometimes honestly by six o'clock, 
I have to retire to a separate room to gather myself and pop a Xanax. Like, yeah. I, just, I, yeah. I physically can't do it. And, um, and it's, it's, it's required a bit of, I think, training on the part of the people he works with. Like if he has to yeah. call, call, but they, like, we are not hiding that the kids are insane. Yeah. At, at yeah. That time. Like he'll answer the phone in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, time to call I don't know it's dinner what do you need (laughs) yeah basically um yeah and maybe this is look it's hard to draw those boundaries when you work in some of these types of places but maybe this is a good opportunity to you know say look I, I understand it seems like I'm just at my computer every minute of the day but I I do need to carve out these things and you know maybe when you get back in person those are things you can you can maintain I wonder if when people do go back if they're going to maximize those opportunities for breaks more than they ever did before because they're so limited now you know yeah. I wonder like are people really going to go back to the office and be like oh I mean I guess some of us with kids might be like oh it's going to be quiet but it's not like oh I can't wait to go back to the office and just plop in front of my desk for 10 straight hours it's like, ooh, I can right. go get all <laughs> you know. Ooh, yeah, and like, back, I don't back. know. I mean, this just is, is maybe just reflective of, of my values and priorities for myself is that, like, what if I, I just, I love being able to just work out whenever in the day suits my timing rather than, you know, at some, you know, when I was working at a firm, it was like early in the morning or never because <laughs> good luck getting out of the office once you're there. Well, you didn't have a firm gym. Uh, well, they they did have they did have a association with the gym in in the building, um, but no. like, good luck. You know, it's like you know, it's hard to get out, and then then it's more stressful because you just get out of the gym and you open your phone and you're just like, oh, right. now I'm stressed. I just oh, sometimes I forget how awful that was. Now that I don't live like that. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know if people are going to, what you know, what that's going to be like if, if people are going to, you know, take that as an opportunity. It's probably just going to yeah. go ahead. Right? I'm sure it depends on the firm and the, and the person. But I do think that sort of collectively there's an opportunity to, you know, like if every associate at Big Law said, look, I, I think I want to work from home two days a week, then, you know, yeah. <laughs> maybe well, that becomes more normal. Yeah, and something that um, you mentioned earlier just popped up in my head again was talking about like the the diff- the way people are looking at jobs in terms of well I guess I'm not going to make that big change now because yeah I'm in this job and I just I need to play it safe. There have been some interesting discussions in like my little some of my LinkedIn circles, especially with people who are no longer practicing lawyers and have found other jobs, whether they're in like legal tech or marketing or whatever, mm-hmm. and what they talk about is how just in general but especially now it's resonating more with people especially those that have lost their jobs like staying having those jobs that we're told are stable and secure yeah. they're no more secure than anything else because you don't have the the final control over whether or not you're employed by them yeah um, i saw i saw like on twitter some some person <laughs> said I miss the illusion of certainty. <laughs> and I, I feel like that, right? And I think that that, you know, it's also a good thing to remind ourselves of that if it feels like this is still a, you know, you spend your whole life holding on to something that you think is, you know, the lowest risk potential possible, and there's still a risk. <laughs> you can't control it all. Just which risk? I mean, and that's something that like you and I have obviously calculated, like yeah. what risks are we, are we willing to tolerate? And it's yeah. usually created by our values. Like freedom is clearly something more important to us than, um, <laughs> Certainly than like, money in my case. <laughs> um, no, but it, it's, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, I think that's, that is also a, a good thing to keep in mind is for those people who just feel like the reason they couldn't make a shift is because they can't take that risk. It's a reminder that risks will find you <laughs> regardless of how much you protect against it. Absolutely. Um, 
Well, I'm curious how, like, you know, from your perspective as someone who left the practice of law to go do your own business, and now here you are, you know, in your own business going through this upheaval, no doubt, and sort of how is how is that going for you? And how do you think about where you are versus, you know, would you rather have still been in, in a firm? I assume the answer is no, but. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it, it's, it's cool. Cause that was a, that was probably some of the first thoughts that just popped into my head when all of this was going down. Yeah. You know, and seeing all the change. Cause it immediately, and this is something like my therapist was saying, when we come up against a, a, um, a new situation, something that feels uncertain and something yeah. that's unfamiliar, our brain, you know, our brain's way of dealing with that is reverting to the most similar thing. Or when was the last time I felt this way? Yeah. And, and that, so like that just tells us like what our reference, why those are our reference points, but also just a little armchair psychology that I'm repeating. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. But he's like, it's also good to, to know that. So you can be aware of, you know, the unhelpful behaviors that you might be employing from those times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause that was over 10 years ago. I was a very different person then. Um, and so, but for me that, that took me back to um, the great recession when I was yeah. an attorney and cause that, you know, that's the most recent um, reference point I had. And it actually, it ended up being um, a surprisingly beneficial to me now the experience that I had then, because that was, I was a second year associate mm-hmm. at um, a boutique firm that did, and people might actually recognize this now, like SBA lending. So like mm-hmm. right now they're doing like the PPP stuff. Yeah. And so they are super busy because I'm still in touch with this managing partner who th- these, um, these thoughts that are coming up are because of him and yeah. how well he handled it back then. So I've been in touch with him and you know, so now they're busy. Back then, credit the credit system right, seat, right. And our work stopped in a day. You yeah. couldn't lend even if you wanted to. And so it was like, ooh, what do we do? And we were, you know, much smaller then than they are now. And it was like, okay, like we have a nationwide practice and yet this affects every single, you know, right. person in the country. What do we do? And initially, of course, the fears are we gonna get laid off or yeah going to happen is the firm going to close because like what are banks going to do now and what this managing partner did is he and this is one of his like superpowers one of his really strong skills is um connecting with people on like a human level that was that was why he that was how he was able to you know grow a firm yeah because he he really knows how to connect with clients and uh, employees and everyone on a very human level and find some level to connect with them even if they're completely different types of people he was really good at finding at least one thing that he could really really connect with them on so he hopped on the phone and he was calling our our you know community bank clients our huge bank clients and saying hey this this is a lot you know some of our clients were being you know shut down and being forced to be bought out by like our right. other clients and so, yeah. it's like, so there's a lot, you know, not all of our clients even have the same needs right now. Yeah. So on the phone with each individual team that we work with and saying, hey, I don't want to be a bother. I'm not here to pitch my services, but I want you to know that we are here. And I, if you have the time for it, I would love to know what you need right now so that I can help you get yeah. that, whether it comes to us or not. But I know things have changed. I am here if you want to talk about what you need. Yeah. And because of the person he is, they were like, well, yeah, now our problem is workout. Everybody's defaulting and we need to get, we need the, we need the federal government to pay out our guarantees. And he, right. God love him. Like, oh, we do that. We <laughs> <laughs> did, but definitely not, not right, right. do that. And, and then it was like, and so for me, when that was happening and, and he was explaining all the stuff that was going on, he was like, so, who wants to, you know, I have a couple cases from X bank and, you know, we need to basically write arguments to, you know, these, these letters where they declined the guarantee. And like, I, I was the first one, like hand up, I'm like yeah. me, I'll learn it. Yeah. And it, right. And it, 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 yeah. it ended up being one of my favorite things I've ever done as a lawyer. It, I really felt uh. like I was spending my lawyer skills, but it was transactional still and, you know, dealing with government yeah. and, 
we'd be helping these clients where the government had said, you get $0 back on your guarantee. And we were able yeah. to say, okay, they don't get 100% back, but based on this and the collateral and how it went down and this and that, right. how about like 65% of the guarantee? And they're like, okay, cool. It was amazing. Right. It just felt like what I thought lawyering was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. But you would never have gotten into that if you hadn't have had to sort of respond to a challenge. Right. And respond to it in a way where you're like, okay, let's not be paralyzed. Let's just listen. Yeah. You know, let's just find out what people need. And if and only if there is an opening for us, will we say anything? But we genuinely just come from a place of service and caring. You know, what do you need? And if I can help, I will. And yeah. Yeah. We lay off anybody. Um, and I mean, the firm has grown substantially since then. And that's something right. that that's like the regular practice area. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they, they became known for doing it so well. Yeah. Uh, so, and that was really cool. So remembering that story, I've been sharing that story with a lot of people, um, like yeah. you know, younger associates, like on LinkedIn, I've been doing some like meetups, like Zoom meetups that other people have hosted. And we've, I'm just in the comment section, just, hey, people who were in the Great Recession, what happened? I'm like, hey, I was a real estate attorney and a yeah. banking attorney, what happened? I actually got headhunted to a real estate boutique in like 2010. Yeah. Um, things, you know, things happen. And um, so for me now, looking back on that, I was like, okay, here's the lesson. And I actually, you know, emailed my former boss and was like, listen, I just want to tell you, like, I, this is, this is a very vivid memory of mine. And I, I just want you to know how much I admire, you know, the way you handled it and the example you set and how hard that must, I I get now how hard that must've been for you because you had so many people relying on you. And I know that you care about people. I I only, I have no idea what kind of potential hit you took in that, Yeah, Uh, but it didn't matter. He never said anything. Right. Right. That wasn't important. And so for me, I was like, well, it's just me. You know, um, I'm not the breadwinner yet. Maybe yeah. someday I will be. And, but I was like, okay, so these were the plans for my year. My plans were based on these things existing. Those things no longer exist. Yep. Okay. So I think it's just time for me to listen, you know, yeah. and serve. And so I started listening to what people were saying on LinkedIn, the DMs people were sending me and just going to these meetups online and hearing what people's fears were and, and the way people were wanting to navigate this time. And so yeah. I actually created a free training uh, for people, like a free video training. You just get it on my website. And it, because what I found is people were realizing, ooh, like I re- we really need to be expanding our networks. We really need to be connecting yeah. just human aspect but also now more than ever we understand that having a strong network and understanding you know where those hidden jobs are yeah percent of jobs are never posted and employers prefer to hire by referral because of the trust factor and the lower costs involved yeah for whatever reason lawyers are finally getting it like we're fine like the discomfort (laughs) of uncertainty and everything has finally exceeded our aversion to networking and so, <laughs> when I heard yeah. that, and like I, you know, I, I didn't really like networking, and that, and so I've had to, as a business owner, I go, I knew, Manny, if you're going to have your own business, you have to network. Like, right, you don't have clients, you don't have a business, and so I've had to, you know, coach myself over these years. I'm like, well, how do I get over that anxiousness just enough to yeah. you know, send that email or dial the phone and just talk to someone new. And for me, that's one analysis. So I created a training to walk people through and I have these worksheets. And so you've got my talking head, you know, kind of like coaching you yeah. through where it's like, you know, why, why, why do you want to do this? Like what's, you know, you're not, I know you're doing this because you want a job, but like, why do you want a job? Like what does having like a bigger book of business or having a new job, what does that mean for you? When you don't have that, what is your life going to look like? How are you yeah. going to And that, is your motivation behind right and you're still going to feel the feelings you've always felt like anxious i still sweat through my shirt just doing these like video conferences um but understanding that's normal that's okay that doesn't mean i'm bad at it it doesn't mean i shouldn't do it yeah yeah that's been really great. I've been able, I've gotten so, it just makes my day. I'll just get little DMs or emails from people who are like, Hey, like I, I just followed your, 
your training and, and what I, it's called the sticky note solutions. I'm like, it's so easy. It'll fit on a sticky note. It's not a whole thing you have to remember. And so I'm like, yeah, your sticky note. So I get these pictures of people's sticky notes, their little things that are helping them. And I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. So I feel really good. I'm like, I, that just tells me like, I, I listened and I heard yeah. and I create something that, um, you know, that I would, I, I've coached myself through, I've coached paying clients through. And I was like, yeah. this feels like the right thing for people and yeah. giving it without any expectation of anything else. It feels amazing. Yeah. And it's been really good for me to just keep that message in place where I'm just listening and yeah waiting for people to come to me to find out what they may need and being open to things that I might not have been open to in the past. Yeah. I feel like that's a big thing for all of us to take away is that in a, in a way, because the world is so upside down and everything is uncomfortable, it's sort of almost a good time to do something that would normally make you uncomfortable because <laughs> it's just like, well, everything's uncomfortable <laughs> and everyone is uncomfortable. So why not now? <laughs> all being uncomfortable together. Yeah, yeah, right. So you know, it's okay. <laughs> lawyers are like, "Hey, we're all going through this. It's like an easy icebreaker for everyone. Like, if you want yeah. to, yeah, like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, exactly. It's just I. You don't have to explain why you're going thinking about a transition now. Everyone will just understand. Exactly. Yeah. But all right, Annie. I probably should start getting us to wrap up, but um. Before we do, you mentioned your your training. Just let us know where people can find you. Yeah, so go to my website, thejdnation.com, and you'll be able to find my, it's called The Sticky Note Solution, or come hang out on LinkedIn with me. I've got links on my profile there to it, but really, I've always been a LinkedIn evangelist, but now more than ever, don't worry about your profile. Just put up a picture so people know who you are and start engaging with people's posts. You are going to meet incredible people you never expected to meet. I have like a new best friend and I have like a whole new team of quarantine besties that we really just started meeting like a week or two before it all started. It's like a team of 50 of us and they're like, oh, look at this. How did this happen? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, now now is a great time to sort of explore that, right? (laughs) But. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me again. Um, it's really nice to just, just for me just to like ch- chat through these things. I know a lot of people have a lot of things on their mind, and um, I think this is really really helpful. Okay. Thanks.